powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Jewish State Studios in California. It's episode 246 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome Howard Gomes Jr. of Howard G. Cigars as our special guest. And as always, the Primetime Show is brought to you by Saga Cigars. De Los Reyes introduced another chapter of the saga, Saga Celez. Celez is a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Celez is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. The Saga Celez carries a brand of Criollo Olor and Piloto Cubano wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available three sides at an affordable price. Ask your retailer for Saga Celez. And by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Stage Selection Vintage, Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Bottle Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo R23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And we want to mention Aganorsa Leaf. This month, uh, go on the Cigar Coop webpage and see this month's installment of the Aganorsa Experience. Um, if you click on the sidebar and go to the Aganorsa Experience, it will take you to the Aganorsa Leaf YouTube channel, where this month you will see uh, Vice President Terrence Riley uh, talk through the process of validation and how validation is, is an integral part of the operations of Aganorsa Leaf. So again, go to the Cigar Coop uh, homepage, go to that right sidebar, and you click on the Aganorsa Experience and get all the details as well as see all their other content. And of course, visit them at Aganorsa Leaf, And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Dopam app for your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Episode 246. Today is Thursday. October 20th, 2022. I should know that one. You have, you have a problem with the date? <laughs> not, not only do I have a problem with the date, it's my youngest son's 22nd birthday today. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. So that's how I should actually have known today. <laughs> you should know the date off the top of your head. Yeah. <laughs> right. But anyway, I'm here in the uh, Perdomo Cigar Studios on the black stage, and I'm joined, uh, as always, by my co host and friend, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How do you doing, that, Coop? Uh, uh, well, it started off. Sixers blew the game to the Bucks, but the big news, uh, I guess I'm on the bandwagon of the Philadelphia Union beating uh, FC Cincinnati to advance to the next round of the MLS uh, Cup right. playoffs. So I'm All on right. the bandwagon. I'm not lying. Uh, sorry, Miguel. 
so now I'm down. Now I had to, I had to turn all the games off because I was worried about a bandwidth issue here. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure the games are on on at least one or two of the TVs in this house. So right. <laughs> so and I've kind of said just you know uh, if I yell turn it off turn it off but no it's <laughs> so um yeah we, we'll we'll have i guess some uh world series updates and mon- uh, thursday night football updates throughout the night here yeah um uh, but but a good week it was a good week Aaron. i can't complain uh good otherwise yeah. um and uh we'll, we'll just see how it goes uh i'm in this weird temperature pattern tonight um it's 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 where i'm battling the heat and the cold air it's yeah. not hot enough to run the heat but it's not warm enough to keep the bay door open. So right. I'm, I'm, yeah. it's going to be kind of a weird night tonight. So yeah. as far as that goes, um, but otherwise I uh, can't complain, can't complain here. Um, so I guess Aaron, without further ado, let's, uh, let's introduce our guest tonight. Um, he is uh, making his debut on the primetime show. Um, and I had a chance to meet this gentleman uh, at the PCA trade show and his crew. Um, he is Howard Gums Jr. He is the uh, owner of Howard G Cigars. Howard, welcome to primetime, my friend. Man, thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. No, uh, it, it's, it's a pleasure as well. Um, you know, I, I, uh, uh, you know, you've met Aaron before, right? Yeah, yeah. we met the trade show as well. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So, you know, Aaron had his crew at the trade show and I had my crew at the trade show. Um, and I and I know from our visit to the booth, uh, we had one of the best times at your booth uh, this year. I think the whole team. We mean that sincerely. The whole team. We just we we had such a great feeling. We met you at the end of day two, and uh, it was a lot of fun with that. So appreciate it. Shout out to my buddy Bear, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, Bear is. Uh, I'm sure I, he may be, he may not be watching a lot because he's. I think he was traveling to like louisville or traveling back from louisville tonight so if he's back i'm sure we'll see him give him, uh, my, condolences. Give him my condolences on his packers man <laughs> <laughs> two rough weeks back to back to both new york teams you yeah. know not the buffalo bills but the giants and the jets i know he has to be hurting tell him i'll send him some cameroons <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna smoke one in his honor tonight. So, so Howard, we've been talking about sports, and I love all these Philly teams except for football. It's 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 Giants. So I thought we had no chance. I mean, I just said, "Bear, we have no chance to beat the Packers in, in London, right?" Yeah. Um, and, and sure enough, uh, they they lost to the Giants, but to lose to the Jets. I was, I was completely, I was completely shocked. Yeah. Let's yeah. say it was a lot of, of parlays messed up yeah. the game. Yeah. Now, I got to admit, I've never been a Cowboys fan all these years, right? And I know you're a Cowboys guy. But yes, I, I, I really have kind of taken the Cooper rush for a lot of obvious reasons. <laughs> so uh, he's a fun guy to watch. Um, I rooted for him. Which is weird. I've never kind of rooted for a Dallas Cowboy, but I'm like, I like this guy. I like this guy's name, obviously. So, um, you guys are having a good year this year. I mean, you guys are dangerous this year. I think your, your offensive line's good. Um, you guys are playing very well. I feel confident this year with you guys. Well, you know, honestly, you know, I, a lot of times people forget how, um, you know, once they get the big name, then the, they, they, they stretch out the playbook like this big and they don't keep it simple. The old kids and so once, you know, they put Cooper Rush in, they got back to playing Cowboys football, which is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball some more, 
and then just do some play action passes off of running the ball because we, for the first time in a long, long time, we have a top like top three defense, and we have a future Hall of Famer like first ballot in Michael Parsons, who's a one man wrecking crew, and so it's like okay, just play, you know, run play cowboy football, and everybody knows that has anything to do with being an offensive lineman. It's easier to run block than to pass protect. And so when you have offensive linemen that's been hurt, you got rookies and stuff like that, it's easier to have them line up. And then when they say go, you just go directly at your man and um, and just run and, and play power football. And so, you know, we started doing that. So the playbook, it, it decreased, you know, so they didn't overwhelm Cooper Rush. But I hope they keep that same playbook decreased so when that comes back, they don't have him throwing the ball 40 and 50 times, run the ball 40 times, and then let Dak throw the ball 20 times. And I think will be hard. It'll be a hard team to defeat when it comes to the, to crunch time. Yeah, yeah. And I think the one game you, you that one game you lost at the beginning of the year, the offensive line just didn't play good in that game. But you, you, the line stepped up really uh, when you guys went on the winning streak. So. Um, I, I definitely saw because that's you know the Cowboys have had one of the better offensive lines the last few years, and I think that's been uh, you know in the NFL I just that's I haven't seen a lot of good offensive lines lately. So I mean you guys had a very good you know you've had a very good one which I think is is very positive right now. Well, coming back from the nineties in the nineties, I think we had the greatest offensive line ever in my opinion, right. uh, like a, for a streak. You know, I mean I tell people all the time. As much as I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, if uh, if if um, Barry Sanders was running behind the line that Emmitt had, I, I believe the guy would average two thousand yards a season. I mean, yeah, he had. I mean, he literally had I four every time he got the ball. He didn't touch him till the guy got to five yards, and so um, so that was the real huge offensive line. We've had some some the last three years has been a little rough for us with you know our center retiring. Um, and then our left, our left tackle, which is the most important position on the line, he's been hurt every year. I mean, I tell people all the time, I'm like, listen, I don't want my offensive lineman looking like a GQ, you know, model. I want my offensive line being a guy that eats two turkeys on Thanksgiving and is a real big guy, <laughs> kind of like my guy, Leon. Right, right. But yep. my left tackle for the Cowboys, you know, when you, this guy takes off his shirt, he's shredded, you know, I mean, all over. You're like, no, that's not an offensive lineman. So I'm wondering why the last four years he's been hurt every year. So, of course, that's the number one position for a right-handed quarterback to be, you know, to protect his blind side. So we, 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 so we get a rookie in the first-round pick to put him in that particular spot. And I mean, I understand he's a rookie, he's a first-round pick, but you're still going against grown man strength coming at you on the defensive line. So, so I'm thinking we're doing a pretty, pretty good job. Um, how we handle it is yet to be determined how we're going to handle that against when, when that gets back in the pocket because we all know it takes a long time to throw the ball down the field. It takes a lot more time to set up that play, but it doesn't take that much time to hand the ball off and run it. So I'm, 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 I'm holding, you know, I got my fingers crossed and everything like that. And I want you guys to probably like, you know, trade us. I'll trade you Zeke and you give us a, uh, 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 Saquon Barkley. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh man, no way. <laughs> Actually, you know the one thing is that yeah, I mean he's been incredible for us this year, and uh, 
you know, I think the you know, and I'm bored. We know Aaron. Aaron's not a football guy. We'll bear with you for one moment. Saquon, I mean, I think the coaching staff really went to him and said, "Hey, you're going to be our guy." You know, we're, we believe in you, and and he's not playing behind a he's playing behind an improved line, but not a great offensive line. Yes. Yeah. I, I just wish you all the success in the world for being healthy, man. Because yeah, he's a special talent. Um, he's he he. Uh, I mean, you look at the thighs on the guy. He has got. There's nobody had those those thighs since Herschel Walker, you know. And so it's not like the guy's not built right and strong. Yeah. It's just those tic tac injuries. So I mean, I'm a fan of him, man. I, I hope he has a, uh, continues to have health. You know, you know that with an extra game for the rest of the season, man. But I hope he, you know, I wish all the guys like that, man. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to see, you know, you don't want to see uh, anyone hurt. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. You know. Just to kind of uh, one thing I'll say is when I was living in Philadelphia and Michael Irvin took that hit, right, and the fans were cheering. The one thing I'll say about the media in Philadelphia, they got on the fans saying, "Don't you ever do that to you know." It's one thing to be a rival of the Cowboys, but this guy, you know, his life could have been on the line here. Absolutely. And and that was the one thing, you know, that they they really went after the fans. I remember when that happened for their behavior on that. That was embarrassing uh, for sure. Uh, and uh, so, uh, at best, I I don't think you're gonna have a problem with the Giants down the road. So you know, I think you guys are you you, you probably have to worry more about the Eagles and the Giants, as I still say. We're we're uh, we have some tough games ahead. We've had the schedule's been in our favor right now, so. Well, we, 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 play the, we play the Giants on Thanksgiving. Yep. Yeah, we're doomed. We, we'll, we always lose to you guys on Thanksgiving, so. Well, honestly, you know, listen, the, the Raiders spoiled my Thanksgiving last year, and I, I had one of those Martin moments from the, you know, the sitcom Martin. Uh-huh. I wasn't happy no more. I opened the door told everybody to get the stepping. Because <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> it really, like, literally spoiled my Thanksgiving after that. But um, so I, right now, I'm like, well, we won one. So if, I said, we, if, if, if the uh, Giants happen to to beat us, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, kick nobody out from my house. I'm just <laughs> we split this year, you know. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to seeing the Eagles in December in Dallas. They'll they'll find a way to blow at the Eagles. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Like they're six and zero right now. The first when they lose, because I lived in Philly for 14 years. When they lose that first game, it's it's gonna go from we're great going to the Super Bowl to. Fire the coach. We need a new quarterback. Trust me, that's how it is all the time. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> uh, so, no, so, so, how we're going to, you know, uh, I know we're going to get into some more sports talk throughout the evening tonight, but, um, you know, we always like to start um, the first of our, our questions here is your first cigar smoking experience. So, this is before you got in the business, when you first lit up that cigar. Talk a little, walk us through that, what you remember and want to share with us on that. Absolutely. Um, so back the first time I actually smoked a cigar, I was in Minneapolis, um, Minnesota. I was dating a young lady that her grandmother had passed away. We went, got up, flew up there for the funeral. And, um, after everything, the cousin, one of my cousins, his name was Duncan. And, uh, he took me to a place and he was a huge cigar smoker. And he said, well, you want to have a cigar with me? And, the first cigar I ever smoked it was um, a Rocky Patel Decade 1990. And I'm being from Florida. I'm up there freezing in Minnesota. <laughs> so the cigar was the best thing going for me. <laughs> and um, so when I got back to Orlando, 
I said, man, where is the what is the best cigar um, lounge in the Orlando area? And I end up going to Corona Cigar, um, Sand Lake, oh. Sand Lake Road, which is uh, now considered my house. Um, <laughs> Been there. Fifteen years later, right? And uh, we're going in there, and um, and the first cigar I I started smoking that particular cigar, and then I was introduced to the Padron Forty Six that became my favorite, and then it switched to the Padron Eighty Year. And ever since then, that's what I pretty much has been my go-to cigar. You know, whenever I want to specifically pick a cigar out. If I just got to name one, that would be it. Right. You know, it's interesting. Bear and I are big fans of the 46 and it's kind of the one I, we think that sometimes just gets forgotten about in that family mm -hmm. reserve. But Bear and I, like that's when we first met, I, that was like one of the first conversations. Like what, what was your favorite Padron in that series? And we both said the 46, which mm -hmm. was interesting. I, that, um, I've smoked a lot, a lot of those actually. I, I actually still have some in my humidor from time to time I go to. Oh, and they age nicely, so. Absolutely, absolutely. We we, we have a um, Corona League in here where we do um, for fantasy. So we have like fifty bucks or hundred bucks um, weekly. Whoever you play, we're worth of cigars, of course. And so everybody knows, depending on who it is, you know, one guy. He our bet is always Padron Forty Six. If you know, if I win or he wins. Another guy, it's uh, Padron 80, and another guy's Padron 50, you know. And so yeah. that's just – and, I, you know, and what I do is I get those and I just keep throwing them in my humidor. <laughs> and just um, keep stacking up. And, um, and then I just wait, you know, and then I'll smoke it, you know, after a year or two or something like that. And, and, it's, and it's always steady been, consistently has been smooth. And it'll always be a part of my humidor, I'll tell you that. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So before you got into the cigar business, and we'll talk about that in a second, what were you doing with yourself before you're in the cigar business? So I've been in sales my whole life. Um, so I started off in uh, network marketing. I done I did well in numerous companies in network marketing. I was actually um, taught how to to properly build a residual income by selling products that you number one that you believed about, you believed in, and mm -hmm. you were passionate about. They say take your relationship that you have with people, Howie. And then you can turn around and build a residential business. And right. Captivated me from doing that. Um, so that was one thing. Uh, but then I also added additional things that I needed to have, um, like uh, my insurance license. So I have the 214s, the 215s, different things like that. Uh, and then I also was in the tax business. So I had some tax offices as well. So I did a lot in like the financial world. I already had the clientele from, uh, being into the network marketing space. So now when you're getting people that created second and third streams of income, now they need to have a tax uh, practice that's able to, to help help them file their taxes when you're dealing with, you know, 1099 and residual income things and understanding the deductions and the, the write-offs that you can get and stuff like that. So that was pretty much what my, my, my niche was. Um, and then I started to, like, smoke a ton of cigars and meet people from all over um, here in Orlando at the Quest uh, at Coronas. And then I started to get con connect people and it's, it turned into acquisition sales and stuff like that. 
But the main thing, Cooper, is it came from just building relationships with people that I met from all across the country that I saw on the on the regular basis over having a cigar. And it started with, you know, hey, what are you smoking? Or, you know, man, you know, what are you drinking? Oh man, let's have a drink and or just a conversation from one of those loud Robert Graham shirts I wear. And then it turns into a conversation. And before you know it, we become best friends. And the guy lives in in um, in, in California. You know, then I get another call and says, hey, Howie, I have a friend that's coming to Orlando. You mind taking them out and showing them a good time? And then before you know it, you know, I'm refer referral businesses is starting, you know, and, and so that was pretty much um, how I literally start to grow everything that I was doing um, was all off of just building these relationships and just making a friend, you know, just sitting down and having a cigar with someone and, you know, and, and, and having a, you know, a, a drink or two. And it started from there. And then you, you times that, you know, by 15 years, you know, now you walk into a place, you, you would think I'm, I'm Jeff Jr. or something. Like I own the place, you know, because, you know, I walk in and everybody's talking with me and everybody wants to, you know, have a conversation or send drinks or whatever. But it came from just a passion of meeting people. I, I remember your name when I see you, even if you live in another state, but you come in there, I say your name directly to you and you're like, you remember my name? Like, of course I do. Your face with your name. So, and so it just creates that, 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 that bond. And, and, uh, and believe it or not, man, I send people <laughs> Christmas cards, uh, you know, you know, to them, you know, for the holiday, you know, holiday seasons and things like that. And it keeps that relationship going on, you know, just, hey, just thinking of you, man, wishing you and your family a happy holidays or something like that. Wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome, Howard. Um, you know, it kind of like my journey for a long time. I actually had my office literally in a cigar store. Um, then I changed jobs and it wasn't quite as easy. Now, now, unfortunately, I just it's my job won't really let me work in a in a cigar store because I do a lot of video conferencing. And there's just sometimes I deal with documentation that probably shouldn't be said in public so that i do miss that part um because i mean i used to be in cigar stores i used to do interview people for jobs <laughs> like if i found out they smoked i'm like hey you know you know, I just say hey do you like cigars like, yeah and then i'd meet them at cigars and i could interview them uh there so so i went through a lot of that for a long time too to a lot of great relationships that were built absolutely yeah and corona um is really cool. Um, I've been going there a long time. There was a time I was there a lot because my son went to Full Sail. Oh wow! Yeah, so, so one of my, my oldest son graduated from Full Sail. Yeah, so he was living he was living in Winter Park for a while. Okay. Uh, but he moved back up north. Um. So, um. But yeah, that. So I mean, and then he would always like I'd send him in there like to get cigars for me like that I knew like when I wanted something really limited, I'd send him in there. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so because uh, there's some stuff that Jeff just doesn't put online sometimes, mm -hmm. um, and that's so. Yeah, I had him do that. So, uh, and then I've gotten to know Jeff over the years as well. So um, it's it's uh, that it's always when I go to Orlando, it's in Sand Lakes. Usually, always the place I go to. Absolutely, yeah. I'm sure I've seen you there. Well, I'm sure we probably saw each other there and just didn't at the time. No. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I mean, I met I met Dominique Wilkins there actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, when, when all the stars are in town, yeah, they come to Sand Lake because Sand Lake, yeah, and, and I gotta, I, you know, you know, all the Corona employees they watch, you know, you cigar coop. So I gotta 
I gotta be specific now. Because, you know, <laughs> all the stores are great. Okay. Downtown, uh, Lake Mary, um, Tampa. Because I have to do events at all these places by the end of this year. But if I had to say one thing about Sand Lake, it is the headquarters. And so the headquarters store is gonna have the more, is gonna have more, yeah. more cigars, is gonna have more alcohol, it's gonna have it's just that's the store that's the most known. But that that store right there. Is a and Jeff will tell you it's a well oiled machine, man. Oh yeah, he doesn't. I mean, oh, that runs itself. I mean, he, you know, I hardly will ever see him there unless he's upstairs. Uh, it runs like it really runs itself. And uh, you know, I know guys like H for a long time, and you know, mm -hmm. good guys. Yeah. So, so yeah. Have, I gotta ask you this question. Um, and we back, but so did you ever see the alligator in the lake in the back? <laughs> yes. I did. I did last year. Yes. I think that thing was crawling up towards my car last year. <laughs> well, some people used to try to feed it, man. They used to try to, and that's what really they had to come tell tell everybody. Like at one point, a few years back, do not try to feed the alligator, you know, because it would come up to that gate back there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was taking pictures of it, and like people saying, "You're awful close." I'm like, I'm taking this from the window of my car. I'm like, like I don't even want. I had to pull out and go to another spot. That's how nervous I was when I saw that thing. So, and apparently, someone, I guess, from the the Japanese restaurant said, "Yeah, someone was feeding it earlier. That's why he was up there." Because mm -hmm. normally he's not up as close as what they said. Yeah. Because he saw me like he saw me in the car like hesitating to get out, and then I was taking the pictures. So, yeah. So. Well, Howard, eventually you decided uh, to get into this business. So, you know, obviously, I guess, what led you to kind of do that? I always tell everybody how it started. It started with one man. I called him Papa. It was Mr. Avo Ubizian. Um, He was the guy that put that bug in my ear. Um, I had the privilege of smoking with Avo at least two to three times a week. Um, I met him when he was driving still. And then shortly after that, he wasn't driving anymore. And one of the guys would pick him up and we would bring, you know, it was our job that we was gonna bring him there and let him hang out and smoke for a couple of hours. And, um, and we used to just look forward to it. And Avo made a special cigar called the Chubby. It was never on his actual, on his line. Uh -huh. We would literally be so excited when he when we, we would see him and he, he'd say, oh, we oh, have something for you. He'd give it. It had you that that chubby cigar. It was just always like a it was like getting a treat, you know. And um and years later as, as he got older, and I remember after we had a party for him, and we were sitting out, and I was in street clothes, and he was in one of those off off white suits he had on, and he goes, Howie, I gotta tell you something. I said, Yes, sir, Papa. And he goes, You should be in the cigar business. I said, Me. I didn't have me. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And he said something that stuck with me. He said, you love the people like I love the people. And that that that, that was a seed that was planted inside me. Um, and then shortly after that, he passed away. And when he passed away, we had a celebration of life in the um, Corona Sand Lake parking lot. He, had sold the he sold the company to Davidoff. And we were all out there um, celebrating his life. Um, and then I fast forward another six or seven months after that, a buddy of mine came, um, comes, came down to Orlando and wanted me to meet him at Corona. 
Uh, that's Alex Menendez. Oh, I know Alex. Yep. And so Alex, me and Alex are both cowboy fans. He calls me his twin brother, even though he's Cuban and I'm black. <laughs> um, and so when it, he was waiting for me at Sand Lake and I walked in there and he was at the bar. And by the time I got over there to him, it was about 25, 30 minutes past. And he said, dude, you're the mayor here. Said, Have you ever thought about making a cigar? And at that time, Coop, it brought up, it brought me back to the seed that Arvo told me when we were sitting outside. And he right. goes, well, did you forget that my brother owns 50% of the factory? And from that point on, it took a few months, but the conversation literally started to rise and to go in that direction. And henceforth, how I entered that, um, this beautiful uh, business. Oh, yeah. So, and that's the factory you're referring to is American Caribbean. Yes, American Caribbean cigars. Yep, yep. Um, and in fact, it's interesting because I'm smoking the the uh, the magic uh, the magic stick Cameroon, which I know we're going to talk about. But there was a Cameroon that came out of that factory uh, for a, uh, for a brand that they had called La Rosa de San Diego, mm-hmm. which was Cameroon that was really a hell of a Cameroon actually. They they one of the, one of the things I enjoy about about that particular factory is the way that their, their tobacco is properly aged, the, the fermentation process that they put things through, it was never like, hey, just trying to rush it out. So whatever, you know, they, they whatever they made, it always had was flavorful. And that was one of the things that Alex was able to do with me when he was breaking down, you know, um, ACC. It was just like, this is how we do it. Now, you know, we're not, you know, the biggest, but, you know, we produce 8 million cigars a year right now. So I'm like, yeah, you're not the biggest, but hey, you're doing okay. Right. You're producing that amount and uh, and the production level and things like that. So that it was just, it was a really, really, um, it was a really, it was a real blessing to have him as not only my close friend, but to say, listen, let me walk you hand in hand. Now let me bring some blenders and let's go through your taste palette, your palette, and let's blend it in the direction you want to take the company in for you, but how you want to do it. And right. so, and, and, and so I, I would be honest and say, it's all because of the relationship, the brotherhood that I have with them. Right. What was, so you're, you're starting to get into this. What was kind of the vision of your company? Uh, like what were you looking to bring to the table in terms of uh, your brand? Uh, the types of cigars, um, if you had one, uh, you know. Absolutely. Um, I look at it like, number one, my goal was to make sure that I followed a, a, a system similar to the way that Padron operated. And that's one of the, the, the jobs he, he, he gave me in the beginning. He says, go search after how you want your brand to be. Um, I, I like how Padron let the cigars rest for a certain amount of time, no matter what, before they get into the consumer. I think my personal opinion, um, as, a, as a younger brand, as a boutique brand, if you as a consumer smoke the Cameroon, and I specifically tell you about the aged tobacco in the Cameroon, 
but also once the cigars are, are made, I get emails on each lot number of our product when it's going to rest. And they don't get out of that until it's been a minimum of 90 days. So you have the same consistency. And if I end up being if I end up if it end up making me a month or so behind on back order, I'm fine with it because to me, I would rather the consumer get the same identical cigar that they already signed up for rather than to rush it on their on our end just to get a to get a uh, um a faster sale if that makes sense right yeah so um i learned that companies such as like we said Patron, whether it's their seven thousand series or whether it's all the way to their you know Patron 50 year um it's all rest for a certain length of time before they get into the marketplace. So that was something that we wanted to do with our line, mm-hmm. uh, just, just to make sure we built that right consistency, because I believe that company had the most consistency that I've had out of all of the cigars that I would just buy. It was the most consistent to me. Right. So that was one of the goals that I had, that I wanted to be a brand that had number one quality product, number two, great flavor, uh, but number three, the consistency one person can say, you know what? Hey, I smoke 10 cigars a month, but you know, a few of those cigars are from Howard G's cigars. You mm-hmm. know, I smoke 50 cigars a month, but you know, five or ten of those are Howard G cigars. And I and I call that a win. Yeah. You know, and, and that's how it's been so far. We're super thankful for it. This guy smoked 10 cigars a day at San Lake, you know, and I'm so excited because I know two to three of the 10 they're smoking. That day comes from Howard G. Cigar. So that makes it sure. That's what that's what that's what's important to me. And even on the you know the bottom of our of our um everything we do, it says thank you for letting us be a part of your humanoid. Like that's because that's gonna come from consistency, you know, and so that's how I look at it. Um that the number one, the number two thing is being authentic to the consumer, mm-hmm. right? So when I started the All Pro series, uh, I, I might not be. I mean, I step in the gun. No, uh, good. no, you're good. Can you go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Just go. Go. We're we're flexible. We're not over with scripts here. So yeah, we okay. talk about. But if this is a good point, go ahead and go for it, man. Perfect. So I started when I started the All Pro series. I wanted to make sure I know that athletes are extremely um, have their fan base. They're extremely. Uh, popular in different aspects of whoever they are. Um, but I also know that I've never known of an athlete to have a phenomenal cigar or a great cigar, and I've smoked a lot of them. And so one of my the, – the, the next important thing is I wanted to start an all-pro series, and, I, the, and the number one thing I wanted was to take athletes that are my friends to start off with and, and I started with two gentlemen that are like my brothers, which is Ike Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, which is I'm wearing one of his shirts to one of a kind. And I'm smoking the first one of a kind we made for him. And also Leon Cersei. And I told him, I told both of them, I said, guys, you guys are the legend. I'm not. I said, but I can promise you one thing. If we go down, whether it's at the factory or I can, we get everything shipped and we go to Miami and we smoke and we go through you know, 40 or 50 blends, and I take copious notes, 
all I want to do is make the perfect cigar for you. If you can say this is my favorite cigar, then I can sell it to the masses. Because the first thing it is, is it's being authentic and the consumers won't have to say, oh, Howardy makes a cigar for such and such, but we never see him smoking it. Or we only see him smoking it when we're at an event, right? And so I wanted to make sure that they had their own thing. So when you look at the one of a kind, which we've now created a Connecticut torpedo for, for Ike Taylor, um, but it's a one of a kind blend, which is his blend. Yeah. And then Leah Cersei, his blend is his blend that we have. So whatever we make with that is already a blend designed by the 30 or 40 cigars that they went through and they pointed out, well, I like this about this and that about that. And so when we put it together and that's what the consumer is like. So when you sit, you, if you, if you, somebody sees Ike with me, with me earlier today and they ask him a question, he's not telling him, oh, go, let's go talk to Howie. No, he's not saying that. He's telling you what it is in his cigar, what he had to go through, right, to design it. And he gets fired up and excited when he talks about the Amish from the Lancaster that's in the <laughs> He gets excited. He, he was. I, I saw it. He was talking to me about that, the trade show. And I was like, really impressed. Yeah. And, but that right there is what the consumer says. You know what? I want that cigar. I right. want to that. Because this athlete is not saying, oh, go talk to the CEO or go talk to the a representative. He's telling you why he decided to stamp his name on it. What makes him excited about it? And the exact same thing is with Lee and Cersei. And so that's what, that's what my goal is, right? That's what is the passion behind it for us is to be authentic, but have fun, but the consumers to say, you know what? This is really what they're doing. This is no, you know, there's no facade because the camera's on. You know, if you come to Corona's and we're in town, you're going to see us right there doing the exact same thing like we're doing here, and, and, and it's right there. So that's, that's the only thing we're trying to do is just make good product and continue to meet great people. And, hey, some people are going to say, you know what, it's not for us, okay? But you know what? It's a lot of people going to say, you know what? Out of all of those blinds, all of those blends, I know this one or this one is definitely going to be something that I can add to my humidor. And for that, that is what makes us exciting. Yeah, you know, Howard, um, the visit to the booth, that was one of the takeaways I, I took away from was, one is they, they knew about their brand, right? They knew it. They didn't have to, co- like I said, go back to you. They, they certainly gave you a lot of credit for certainly bringing them in and showing them, showing them the way. But the other thing is they were very engaged with like as brand as, you know, having their own brands at the booth, you know, and, and I don't want to say every, most of the celebrity cigars I've seen, I haven't seen them. Your team, those guys were at the booth the whole time. I mean, they were there all day. So, I mean, a lot of credit I got to give to those guys um, on that because, you know, some of you just don't expect that. Like I went there, I didn't think we'd get any time to talk to Ike or Leon and it was actually just the opposite. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, we're, we're, we literally uh, have a brotherhood. And so, you know, and, and, and I can tell you, we've done a lot of uh, podcasts and different things together. And, and Leon, the, the, we call him the big fella. Yep. And, and and he he just, he gets animated and excited. You know, 
I'll tell you this, he has his own radio uh, show, Lunch with Leon, and he also uh, is an announcer for the, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so mm-hmm. one of the cool things was uh, he called me the other day and he sent me some pictures. And uh, he was so excited because the Jaguars had a legends. Uh, they, they brought back their legends together from their heyday, you know, uh, and um, and they had the fans and things like that. And the cigar, the official cigar, was the the Leon Cersei. They had boxes of the big Cers and they had boxes of the little Cers. And they were giving out the cigars for people to smoke them. But then also they were doing some raffling some boxes away. But the thing about it is, for me, what makes me feel good is when he FaceTimes me at the end of the event, when he has a drink and he has a cigar in his hand, and he says, Howie, you bald head, SOB. That's what he calls it. He says, man, I just want to say thank you, bro. He said, man, I love it. The big fella's happy. You know, <laughs> that's what it's about to us. It's about having a great time, being excited, being proud of, of your product. And, and I did the exact same thing. I don't know if you know, but Ike, Ike is now a, a, a regional scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so uh, so when Ike was going to uh, Latrobe, um, PA for the, for the Steelers, for the, for the training camp, Ike says, Howie, uh, I need you to get me some cigars, man, so I can bring to the coaches and, and the different guys. So while we're, while, while we're finished with that and we're going with film and going over those things, Man, they all can smoke the cigars. So when, so then after one of the practices in the training camp, he FaceTimed me and he's sitting me back and he's and they're all smoking the one of a kind cigar and stuff like that and said, man, oh man, this is a phenomenal stick and send him some of the other cigars on the line. That's what it's about. That right there, cool. That makes me smile. That makes me say, you know what? We're going the right direction, brick by brick, right? Just doing it the right way. And, and I can't help but to be excited about that. No, I, I get it. I get it. Um, I get it. And Ike's got a couple of rings, right? He, Ike's got two rings, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I got two Super Bowls with the Steelers, uh, 2005 and then 2008. Yep, yep. So, yeah, he's got he got one with Kyle, one with, with Tomlin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, with Leon, right? And I think I know a little of the story, but maybe a lot of folks don't. Leon's first cigar was the the big Sirs, uh, yes. which is a, 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 and I'm a big ring gauge fan. And, uh, so, and I did smoke both of them and they were very good. Um, <laughs> the, the eight by 60. So is that, so that's what Leon wanted. Essentially. He wanted an eight by 60 cigar. Well, I, um, I kind of wanted to design a cigar specifically for Leon uh-huh. and being extreme close individuals with Leon and myself and Alex, we both agreed that in a weekend, Leon can smoke through 35 cigars. Uh-huh. So we wanted to make sure that we could slow down on the process of how fast he can smoke a cigar. And so we collectively with myself and Alex, once we got the actual blend that he liked, we just thought it would be better to make it just a little bit bigger. Right. For the big fella, and and then maybe that can slow down on how fast he smokes the cigar. Right. And uh, and so um, and so we that's why we did the big search, but we wanted it to be for him because this. So what happened is he was known as a as a right tackle um, 
to give a punch. Everybody that talked about him, they talked about his how he punched. Right. And so we wanted the cigar to give four quarters of a punch. And so we had to make that a little bit longer to give that 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 analogy of it. But the real main reason, fellas, was for him to have a cigar that's long so you know he won't smoke them so fast. <laughs> he can actually enjoy it. <laughs> so you weren't gonna give him a Lancero though. That that's my point. <laughs> no, we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to do a Lancero. <laughs> That'd be going real fast. I, it was funny because I was at the bear bear and I kind of we 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 go back and forth on big versus small. He's the small Lancero guy. I'm the I'm the big ring guy. I said, why don't you go tell Leon he needs to have a Lancero? He's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh but then you created the little source, which I think kind of opened up that brand a little more for you because it was a smaller size that you know certainly that you know people didn't have to make a long investment to smoke. Absolutely. You, you didn't have to, uh, you know, make it a, a marriage or a commitment, you know. Uh, but so we, we, we created the little search for it to be a 58 by a five and a half. Mm-hmm. And so um, I figured I figured we can get 10 percent of the market with the big search. It might be able to get a little bit more of that because he has fans from Miami and stuff like that. But um, I figured the little search, we could get the remaining 90 percent other populations to actually smoke that cigar. Right. I'll tell you this, guys. There's been numerous of times where a person will walk into a cigar, a cigar lounge uh, uh, um, and they'll say, oh, I just need to grab a quick smoke because I, I only have an hour, right? Yep. And then by the time they light a cigar, they order a drink, they get into an intriguing conversation with something, somebody about something that, that they're on the same wavelength and four hours later, that person is still there. Yep. And so that during that time, you could have actually smoked the big search. But because <laughs> of your brain, you saw the size of it, you're like, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to be here that long. So yep. I'm just going to get this cigar instead of getting that cigar and just smoking it. And so that was another reason why. Because a lot of times, I, people would see me and Ike smoking during football season. Right. And then all of a sudden, they're like, my God, you guys are smoking the big shirts? You're like, yeah, we're going to light it now. And by at the end of halftime, going into the third quarter, mid-third quarter, we'll be done with the smoke. Are you going to watch the football game? Today's your day to try the big shirts. Right. Then, then they actually try it, and then they turn around, and now they start to buy the big shirts. Yep. But the, 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 the initial intimidation of the cigar from the beginning is what they got to get over. But once you get over it, you're like, oh man, this is man, this is a go-to now. I'm like, well, you should. It, it took you six months to actually get the nerves to smoke it. So <laughs> there you go. No, that was that was uh like I said, I saw him smoking the big source at the show. Um, he was like about halfway through it, I think, when we when we by the time we got there, fifteen minutes in, man. 15 minutes in. How many big cigars <laughs> can he smoke in a weekend now? Like, how many of those cigars have you seen him go through in a weekend that that size? So I'll tell you this. The the very first, I had him drive. So he lives in, a, in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So when I first got the cigars, he came down from Jacksonville. I said, I got dinner set up for us. I'll take him. To, I'll tell you exactly what I take him on. I drive to Charlie Steakhouse, right? I was just so excited to unveil it to him. Mm-hmm. And he looked at it and he looked like his right, like he got a tear in his right eye. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me 
And he was like, oh, man. So he smoked one right then and there. But let me tell you this guy, in a matter of six hours, he had smoked five of them. And wow. I literally was on the, on the verge of getting him checked in the Dr. Phillips uh, <laughs> emergency room because I didn't think that made enough sense to me that he smoked that, that many cigars that fast. And, uh, but now I'm proud to say that he typically might smoke three a day. Wow. Of the big search. Of the I big search, yeah. It's not, still... saying, not after that, he's going to smoke something else, but he's going to definitely smoke three of the, of the big search. Right. <laughs> and, and that's saying a lot, too, that he likes his own product. I mean, that's a great thing to see as well. It's great. You know, it's a great thing for your brand. Yes, when you sir. have a guy who's doing that. Yeah. The same thing with Ike. Ike started a separate Instagram for one of a kind cigar. You know, and so... And, and, and to be hands-on with um, the consumers and, and, and the, that sends us pictures and directly or somehow we, we, we get it directly to us, you know, we're, we're constantly reposting. We repost them in the stories because you can't coop. We can't take the time to try to write a note or something and post, make a post on everything. Right. But, but, but we, we encourage all those pictures, you know, and we take it, we, we just put them in the stories and constantly have the stories going and it makes the people know that we appreciate them, yep. you know, because they, they see that we are re, we're resending what they sent to us. And so, um, and now we're at the point now, uh, you know, there's been some people sent us pictures that they got tattoos of the one of a kind on their hand and wow. other stuff. You know, I say, I Taylor, I say, that's you, that's your doing. But, um, but the thing about it is, it's just, we just, we just literally enjoy it. And it's the it's the people though for me, it's the people that um, you meet all across. We all have something to come in when we sit down and have a cigar. Mm -hmm. The conversation we will find something, no matter what walk of life we're from, we're gonna find something in common, and it just gets exciting from that standpoint for us. No, I I could see it with you guys as well. Um, now. Let's talk about the, we haven't really talked about, what was the first cigar actually you did go blend down at, um, what was the first cigar you did for, for your portfolio? Black Moses Maduro. Okay. So that was kind of a little the Padron influence. Let's, let me come out with a Maduro, a, a press Maduro on that. Was that kind of what that, the thinking was with that? That was my favorite cigar, the Padron 80 year. Yeah. Uh, one something that was a box press perfecto um, that, that had real, a real that, that same type of rich. Yeah taste to it for me uh and and so that that was that and it, and it, it really is what really kicked down the the door for me where uh you know people never heard of it but once they try it they end up liking it and stuff like that and it's you know oh man the black moses the black moses so it really created a a, a nice buzz um faster than what i expected it right yes sir Okay, so that was so yeah, no, that was uh, yep, and I can now I understand where you got that perfecto influence from because you have that perfecto, uh, that now I totally get where it came from, absolutely, yes, yep. yep. So the magic stick, talk about that line now. So the magic stick line is, is, is I call that my baby, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so with the magic stick line, my baby was the Cameroon, Cameroon is the cigar that I smoked the first of the day. Yep. And it's usually typically my last cigar of the evening. Um, it's, a, it's a very great aroma behind that cigar. The notes on it are, are 
beautiful notes, but it's nothing that's strong. A lot no. of times people, you smoke a cigar and you have that cigar aftertaste or something like that. That 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 gives you none of that. And so I'm I'm very biased to that cigar. Um, now my Habano, I have the Habano in a Toro size. Then I have it in a Robusto size, which is a 52 by six, uh, a 52 by five Robusto size, and then a, you know the 50 by six. And and uh, both of those I call those my like anytime smoke. Right. So if I if a person just wants to get a cigar that's flavorful, but a medium of the road cigar. Um, I usually just give them my Habano to start off. Mm-hmm. Uh, only thing I let them know is if you're a person that retro hells, watch out for the Robusto because it has that look extra Omatepe kick that right. can make, you, make your eyes get a little watery <laughs> uh, from that standpoint. Um, and then the, the newest one to our line that's been a really huge um, move, move to the business has been our Magic Stick Connecticut. And so um, that cigar is absolutely phenomenal, which causes me not to smoke my Cameroon twice. Now I have to split it one and one. Now. Right. <laughs> and that was a theme you had at the trade show this year. I noticed that you you did drop some Connecticut's in in three of the brands. You know, the, the Magic Stick, there was one in the Black Moses and then there was also um, Ike's. So yes, that seemed like was that so that was seemed like it was almost something deliberate that you would you were adding those smokes into the different brands under your portfolio. Yes, well, I, I constantly um, I constantly pay attention and try to do research yep. to find out where the market is going, what what different regions, what people people tend to go through, and and then from my my research, I realized that you know the Connecticut cigar is typically you know fifty percent of the market when it comes to sales, right? Mm-hmm. And then people naturally, if you're walking inside of a cigar spot and you're wanting to grab a cigar, you're typically, the, you, in your mind, the placebo makes you feel like if I grab the Connecticut one, it means it's going to be a mild cigar. It's not going to be too strong for me. And that's what people think. So my goal was to add that Connecticut to the three different um, brands, the Black Moses, the Majestic and, and, and the Ike Taylor. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that the key component that it was, even though it was a milder cigar, it still had flavor. And so what I, what I decided to do is with the Black Moses, I took the Black Moses Limited and took that same blend that, that we really enjoyed with the Habano wrapper and played around with the Connecticut wrapper. And so once we found that and we liked how that was, we decided to make that the Black Moses Limited Bronco. Mm-hmm. And so then we go to the Magic Stick. Uh, we took that blend from the Cameroon, but added just a little bit more uh, of Oma, a tad bit of the Omatepe, so it's not a complete lands, you know, cigar smoke. Mm-hmm. And then add that Connecticut wrapper on that to give you that Magic Stick Connecticut wrapper. Right. And last but not least, Ike Taylor, um, we had a discussion last year when we went to the bowl game. We went to two bowl games, the national championship. The other one was his alma mater, which is Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. They had a game against Marshall. So we were there in the suite and we had a bunch of this one of a kinds here. Mm-hmm. We said if they win, that will be 
the official cigar that the whole team, coaching staff, and everybody is smoking for a victory cigar, similar to like what Tennessee did when they beat Alabama the other day. Right. When they won, that's what we were at, in the locker rooms, on the field, giving out the cigar. On the way back, we were on the plane, and I said, you know, Howie, I would like to have a breakfast cigar because the Sumatra, we, this is a more of a, a medium profile for us. Mm-hmm. So we, we call this the lunch cigar. He said, so I would like to have a breakfast cigar. So we worked around um, with a couple of different sizes with the Connecticut wrapper, and I wanted to add a torpedo on the end, and that's what the end result was for that particular cigar. The only difference was I said, you know what? Everybody knows you from the Steelers, but you wouldn't have been known if it wasn't for Louisiana Lafayette. Then mm-hmm. you get on the field and they seen you, the scouts seen you there. So I took his Hall of Fame picture from Louisiana Lafayette and I put that inside his box for the oh. one. So so you so so we have that picture from there. The inside of the uh the the Sumatra one is the stiller. He get the interception from the Steeler game, mm-hmm. Super Bowl, and then the third one that we would we're gonna do later on will be a picture outside of sports, mm-hmm. more of an executive form now. Right, right. You know what I mean. So that gives you, and that would be more of a dinner stick, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Right. So yep. that everything we do, we try to have a, like a little concept. So yep. We do it. Um, and then now the next thing is just, you know, the big search. You know, we have the big search, little search, and then we'll do something, you know, later on for that. So just medium to make search. Sure. medium search. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Search. yeah. <laughs> Slightly larger search. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I smoked the Ike Taylor okay, Connecticut. Searched, right? Yeah, I smoked the Ike Taylor Connecticut last week, and that's um, it's definitely a, a nice uh, early morning kind of cigar. It's it's yes, definitely sir. a smooth, yeah. mellow blend. So it it definitely works in that setup. Yeah, Aaron's the big Connecticut smoker on our team. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's really into Connecticut. So yeah, he usually doesn't steer me wrong. But I have, we, 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 I'm telling you, we, we've definitely, the, the response has been amazing. Uh, and we're so excited and, and thankful for it, uh, for that. So my goal is to look at probably giving another Vitola, uh, mm-hmm. in the same blend, maybe without the torpedo, yep. or something like that, too. Just to, I'm always trying to see, like, what is in the certain market? Who can I, okay, well, there are some people that, this is cigar is great. Some people say, well, man, I, I like it, but I probably would want it in a bigger ring gauge, but right. without the torpedo. So those are, I'm always open. I'm always um, getting feedback from the people, you know, across the country that, that, that are always giving us feedback. Everything they send us is always brought up. And, uh, you know, it's because, it, you know, it's because in my opinion, it's, it's valuable information, but it's coming from true consumers and true supporters of the brand. And so we take we take that into consideration. No, that's very true. I see that with your brand. I also see with the Vitolas you release, it's you, you, the blends are very much tied to the Vitola. So I like how there's the nuances I get from these different ones as I've been smoking through the portfolio. 
Thank you. Yes, yeah. sir. But they have the same DNA. You know, what I mean, they yeah. have this. They still have the same DNA, but you get the, the, the nuances on some of like you were mentioning with the Robusta earlier on, right? Um, you know how the retro hail was 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 a little heavier. You know, mm -hmm. so so yeah, I, I like when I like when I see stuff like that in a portfolio. To to me, as opposed to smoking the same cigar, I, I get the consistency end of things, but um, you know, I I, I want to have a reason to go to a different size sometimes too. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, today I might want. You know the Gordo size. You know, you know what today? You know what? Let me let me go with the Toro size. You know, it's so at least you know give them options. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. You know, give yeah. them an option, and so uh, that's so that's what my goal is is to yeah. is to just be a brand that can we cater to our, our our consumers' needs. No, that that's really good. You know, uh, the camera room I'm smoking. This is excellent. Um, yeah. This is how I started smoking your camera room. So Bear is the guy who really introduced me to your portfolio and really turned me on to it. And we send each other cigars uh, for the shows or just for whatever we're doing. But, Bear, you know, a lot of us will throw extra stuff in sometimes. And Bear loves to throw extra stuff in. And these started showing up um, in about every time I got a cigar from him. And I know what Bear's sending me. It, it's like he wants me to smoke these, right? Yeah. Um. So finally, I just I just said, hey, Bear, tell me about this camera. And he's like, I'm in love with it. And this is before he made the you had him. He had you on the show. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and like he's like, yeah, I'm smoking these on like a regular basis. Coop. He's like, I'm like, yeah, I can see why it's because it's an excellent camera. And uh, I got to say, it doesn't sometimes camera will give me a bad aftertaste. There is it's so clean, this finish on here, which, which is which is key. Yes, sir. And like I said before, you asked me which cigar is my baby. I have to say my Cameroon, because yep. it's a distinctive taste. You know, you have people that are Cameroon lovers, you have people that are not. And, uh, but it's just, for me, if I go a day and don't smoke the Cameroon, I'll feel like, that. oh man, there's, miss, there's missing. And I'll go make up for it the next day and smoke too, <laughs> because I feel like I deprived it yesterday. You know, it's weird like that, but it, it's just, that's that's one of my that's one of the ones that are dear to me. Yeah, and it's not you know a lot of folks do they they don't get an opportunity to maybe get a Cameroon out very early in their portfolio, and I think you, you certainly I know American Caribbean does have Cameroon and I've, I've told you they've worked with it in the past so that's a that was a great thing that you had that opportunity to have access to those tobaccos. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, um, and the other thing that you know I was really impressed with was. I believe you shipped everything from the show already, right? Yes. Yeah, which is which is like a rarity these days, Howard. Just you know, <laughs> like this this stuff we're still waiting on releases for, but everything yeah. kind of went out pretty quick. So I think that was a good job by you, um, especially you know you've been like you said you've been very patient. I will tell you, I haven't had one young cigar from you. Thank you, man. Yeah, so I I can tell you that you've lived up to that. And I, that's one of my big complaints is a lot of stuff is shipped out that's young. And you've smoked enough cigars. You've seen it, too. Well, that's an issue that I have, Coop. I, I tell you, I, I, I kind of I dropped the ball in my um, calculations this year because we lit, we did five times better, um, more business this year at, at PCA than we did the prior year. And so even with the new cigars, we were telling people about it, but we, you know, we would give them samples, but we were, we would tell them like, you know, the main, you know, products is here, but everybody that was doing orders was like, you know what? 
no, we want to add this. We want to add this and add this. So when we got when we got back and the product and everything was in, we literally were like, and then, and I'm like, oh damn. And so we, I went ahead and then did a larger order of all the new product. But the thing about it is, is literally when once they made it, have to rest for a minimum of 90 days. And so now we're at a point where then we had a hurricane yep. down here. And then after that, they had a tropical storm in Nicaragua. And then after that, so like we're sitting here and I'm constantly on the phone with the factories to find out on this lot number, on this lot number, like what number day are we at? Because I need to get those in, in, in town here in Orlando to our warehouse so then we can get those out and about because orders are now come are have been coming back in constantly. And I'm like, oh man. So it's a good thing because there also are companies out there that have more product than they can get rid of. And so uh but if if we were if we were releasing product faster, that means we'll be shortcutting our process of letting it a uh, rest for the minimum 90 days, as which was a part of our, I would say, our company standards. And so if that has to give me a couple of extra weeks of being on back order, I at least explain it to the to the to the um, the store owner and uh and let them know if you know I'll 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 make it right for you. I'll send you mm -hmm. something else. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deliver you a product where you're gonna turn around and the consumer's gonna say this wasn't exactly like the previous one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. And I've seen you guys, Um, you guys have all been on the road. I mean, at events. I've seen you guys starting to do the event rounds. So Ike and Leon are definitely doing the events with you as well. Yeah, so we, so the way we set it up is um, everybody uh, has different schedules. Mm -hmm. um, so when we start, like, I did, we did one recently in, um, in, where was that? Denver, Denver, Colorado. That oh, was wow. a really great one. Uh, Smoking Cave, my good friend, Sean Sagaway. Uh, it was a great, great, great time we had um, there. I did some in Jacksonville. Um, of course, now we have to do all of the Coronas locations prior to the end of the year. Um, because we had absolutely incredible numbers um, and from every single store of theirs, which was, of course, like our, our house there. So we were thankful for that. But my only thing, oh, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh, 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 Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh oh, been phenomenal. Uh, the Yingzers, the, Ying, the, uh, the Steeler Nation, and those people have been great. And so what we've been doing now is the calls come in and they want, People want me and Ike. People want me, Ike, and Leon. You know, or people are like, hey, I'll take you and whoever. Just we want to do something with you. And we want the people to get a chance to meet you guys. And so I just try to look at what I can commit. I would rather under-promise and over-deliver to you sure. than to over-promise and under-deliver. And with this way the schedules are, especially because it's during football season, I have to go by, um, which, you know, you know, we got to take care of the ones that are 
closer in proximity where we're all close to. Yeah. You know, Leon's is two hours away. You know, that's nothing for me, us to go to Jacksonville or however, but when we got to fly out to California, but, you know, they send Ike to, and they want Ike there too, but then they send him to go um, visit Ohio State to go look at their team, you know, then we won't be able to fulfill that one. So, yeah. so what we're doing now, we're doing a lot of uh, to be determined <laughs> um, sure. dates where give us a length of time and then we can picture out, you know, from there how we can do it. So, but other than that, guys, we have a lot of private events. We've done a ton of private events. We've done a ton of golfing events. I mean, I've done seven golf events this year um, already, and they've all uh, been exceptionally well. Uh, it's been a great time, and so, um, but our feedback has been good, and so I think you know. We, but hey, cool, you know, we're we're still open for any suggestions. We, you know, we're growing, mm-hmm. you know, we're green, so we're gonna we're gonna always stay green. So that means we're growing. We don't want to be ripe because that means that then the company's on the on the downturn, right? So right, right. We want to always be green and growing, and 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 taking the time to listen to what the market is saying. Sure. Are you guys on? Have you guys done anything around the Super Bowl yet? Or are you guys thinking of doing something around the Super Bowl this we, year? We've done nothing huge around the Super Bowl. Um, we've done something last year here in Orlando for the Super around the Super Bowl uh-huh. where I had um, where I had uh, um, Ike, um, Leon, and then I have some other uh, former athletes, former football, basketball players. Um, that played in the Super Bowls, had 10-year careers, stuff like that, um, that also are in this Central Florida region. We've all uh, had events to, where we all came in together and smoked. And I sat down and I asked them their stories because that whole week everybody's in football, Super Bowl mode. Yeah. One of the, the best the best things for me is to listen to the stories of the guys that actually played in the game. Sure, yeah. One of the best stories I can tell you was the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl uh, in Tampa. We had had an event um, at Gemini Hookah Lounge, which was which was a hookah lounge that sells you know like seven hundred of a cigars a month. Like it's it literally like our we're the featured cigar of that lounge. So if you're not smoking a hookah, you're smoking a Howie G cigar from the line. Is how they were doing it. So we had a um a like a a Super Bowl drink party type thing there where um, and DJs and stuff. And I had uh, Ike Taylor there and uh, I had a um, uh, my buddy uh, Nick Collins, who is a cigar smoker. And um, him and Ike played against each other in the 2009 Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Nick, so he played for the – Nick played for the Packers. He was, yep. he was a strong safety number 36. So, you know, Nick had an interception and ran it back against – against the Steelers, and he was a guy that went in the end zone like this, ta-da, like that, once <laughs> on his knees like that. So I had those two guys together, and we sat there over cigars, and other people was around just listening, and they went quarter by quarter about that particular game. And so they end up agreeing that that, that particular game came down to four perfect passes by Aaron Rodgers that won the game. And and so to hear two guys that were actually in that, you know, in that game 
you know, man to man talking about it with, to me, that stuff you don't normally get, right? You don't know the regular person would never be able to get that. Sure. How would you be able to get that? We all had this in common. We all were brothers that smoked cigars, yep. enjoyed hanging out with each other and, 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 and kicking the breeze and talking a little trash. Everybody loves to talk trash to me because I'm a cowboy fan. <laughs> but, but that part right there, and then Ike says, hey, you know, when I went to the sideline, Coach Dick LeBeau, he said, son, ain't nothing you can do. That joker was just perfect right now. You know, but those stories, you don't normally get that outside of having a cigar and 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 uh, and just relaxing and going back and forth together. So, Yeah, it was really cool when I talked to Ike about Coach Tomlin, you know, for a while, because I'm a big fan of his. And uh, it was really interesting him talking about Mike Tomlin as a coach. Uh, that was just like I said, that was kind of really cool stuff to hear from him. Yeah. Yeah. Just him in, a, in that short time. Um, and then Leon's got a couple of national championships at Miami, right? He's got yes, he one or two. Leon had three national champions. Oh, three. Okay. Three-time national champion, Miami Hurricane, 87, 89, 91. Um, and then, and you want to hear another neat thing about, about Leon. He was Bill Coward's very first ever draft pick, 1992, oh. Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, wow. Number 11th pick. The Cowboys were getting him at 14. <laughs> Coach Jimmy Johnson calls Leon. He says, son, the Cowboys want you at 14. He said, yes, sir, Coach. He says, listen, now you're not going to hold back on us, are you? He said, no, sir. He said, great. I got a Cowboy representative, representative landing in Orlando right now at the airport. He'll be at your house in 30 minutes. Leon <laughs> said, get back. He said, hey, I'm going to be a Cowboy. He said, right. he came in with his jersey, number 73, on the, on the thing. He said, and then when the eighth pick came, he says, phone rang. He says, Coach, this is uh, hello, this is Leon. He goes, hey, this is Coach Bill Coward. We heard the Cowboys want you at 14. The Pittsburgh Steelers want you. So how would you like to be a Steeler? He said, he looked over. He said, the Cowboy dude in, in his mind. He said, the Cowboy dude is going over my contract right now with my agent. He said, well, <laughs> I'd love to be a Steeler, Coach. And he had <laughs> pick come. The Pittsburgh Steelers select Leon Searcy, offensive tackle. <laughs> University of Miami, the guy gets up with the Cowboy jersey, he rips up. <laughs> he has that Cowboy hat on, he's leaving Leon's house with the jersey on his shoulder. Leon says, sir, hey, can I get that jersey with my hat with my name on it? He turns around, he takes his hat off, he looks at Leon, he says, son, he says, I'm going to tell you something, you a stealer now, and a Cowboy never gives shh to a stealer. That's right. Back on like this, and walked out the door. Those are the type of stories that that that. Those are are two hell of a teams to be fighting over you. Right, exactly. (laughs) So, so hard. I grew up in New York, okay. Mm -hmm. And when the Giants and Jets were bad in the seventies, the kids weren't wearing Giants and Jets shirts to school. They were wearing Pittsburgh and Dallas. (laughs) I mean, there were more Pittsburgh and Dallas fans than Giants and Jets fans. It's like 79 I'm going back to. So that's incredible to hear that type of story there. One one more thing I'll tell you, though, because I I tell this. If I have both of them at an event with me, I'm one of those guys that believe in giving you your flowers while you're alive, right? And so I love to – I say that story about Leon all the time, and I give him his, his accolades. But one of the things I always say about Ike when he's there too, he doesn't he 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 just, he's all like this when I say it because he doesn't really want me to, like he doesn't really like 
all the attention. But I'm like, no, well, give me your flowers now. Um, so Mr. Rooney, he he had a strong affection with Mr. Rooney. He called him Papa, Mr. Uh-huh. Rooney, Mr. Dan Rooney. And when Mr. Rooney passed away, the pallbearers, you can Google it, or anybody out there can Google it. You can Google Dan Rooney's pallbearers. You can see that there were <clears throat> seven of his grandsons and one player, one Pittsburgh Steeler, and that was Ike Taylor. Oh, wow. So when we talk about his Papa Rooney, which we do a, a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, he said, you know, man, I really realized that Papa really had me right here when I look behind when I'm on the front row of the funeral, and I look behind me, and the commissioner is sitting behind me. Wow. He said, I turn over and look this way, Howie, behind me, and the president of the United States of America is sitting behind me. When Jerry Jones is sitting behind me, he said, that's when it really sunk in. He said, you know what? Man, Papa really had a, Papa really had a, a, a I had a strong place in Papa's heart. That's sure. What he, that's directly how he was saying. So for me, um, I just like to, just stories like that, man, I would have never known um, if it wasn't for us just having a brotherhood over cigars and just being ourselves. And uh, and so I like to always do that when we when we have an event or let them talk, especially when there's a, because most of the time there's strong, like you said, strong stillers presence anytime we have an event. Yeah. And if you look at these shows, man, I appreciate those guys so much sitting down there the whole time. You know, they're not in a rush. They don't need to go nowhere. They're relaxed. They say, we're with you. We're all we're in this together, man. We slanging cigars. That's our, our tagline. And uh, But to see the people walk by who are fans and pull up tattoos on their leg and show the, <laughs> the Steelers tattoos on their leg and back and all that, and they'll go right out there and take a picture with them, you know, it's just because of everybody's a brother or a sister of the leaf. And we be just, you know, you're meeting family all over the world that you never knew you had, but we all have something coming in. And then that bond gets, you know, strong, right? Yep. Absolutely. Abs- absolutely. All right, Aaron, any more questions on the brand to get to a couple of the other things with, with Howard? Yeah, so we can get back to <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Howard, this uh, we got. Um, this is what we call our cattle baron steak question of the night. Now, if you don't eat steak or meat, that's okay. Um, but if you like steak, I want to know your favorite steakhouse. And if you don't eat meat, I want to know where you like to eat. Okay, so um, favorite steakhouse, Vito's Chop House. So I drive here in Orlando. Um, oh, I gotta go there. I typically go with. Um, I go with the. The uh, the I like the ribeye. That's my favorite cut. Okay, good. I go to ribeye. I eat it medium, uh, medium rare. You got all the questions uh-huh. nailed down with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very simple. Yeah. What What's the biggest steak Cersei ever ate? Um, for him, I think it was a tomahawk. Okay. You know that that tomahawk that long. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. That one. If you guys ever get to the Dominican Republic, you got to go to a place called Saga. Okay. It's owned by the, the folks who own Saga Cigars. It's it's considered yeah, the best. Saga. Yep, it's considered the best steakhouse in the Dominican, but they're known for their tomahawk. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, Which it's, part it's, of the DR is it in? Is Santiago. Santiago. Okay. Yep, yep. Everyone knows the place. Uh, they're. I heard they're back open now. They they had to close for a while with the pandemic because of the 
some of the laws down there, but but they're back open now. Oh man, I definitely absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Have you and you've been down in Nicaragua, or have you, or not yet? I've been to Nicaragua. Yeah, there's some good there's some good steak places in Esteli. I mean, they could probably people could probably tell you better than I can. But I have some very good steaks down there. But I, I, but I, I, but now I need to go to Saga. Yeah, you need to go to Saga. Like uh, here, here's the deal. I'll refund your money if you don't like that meal. You call me up, say I didn't like this meal. I'll personally refund your money. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna ask my buddy uh, Fred Ruri. I know he. Fred, Fred, I've eaten there with Fred. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say <laughs> we're, we're, we're poker buddies. We're, we're, uh, yeah. Ask Fred about it. He, Fred, believe me, Fred will. I blew Fred off. I, unfortunately, I couldn't go. I, I was supposed to meet Fred there in the DR in February. Oh, uh, but I was having dinner with Carlito. So like, <laughs> I was gonna have two dinners that night. I'm like, but I could. But Carlito was like holding court that night. It was hard, so I had to blow Fred off at Saga this year. Oh, but I've gone there with him in the past. Oh man, yeah, great guy. I would ask him. I told him. I say, oh, do you put bacon on top of your steak, bro? Because this is the number one bacon eater I've ever met. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's so, well known. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'll definitely find out when the next time you guys are going to be going down there because. I see him. You know, he lives right not too far. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that. I know those trips. I know Fred very well. Yeah, I know Fred very, very well. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, he's got to be on. Like, I guess he's waiting for the McRibs to come out right now. It's the other oh thing. Oh my god, I was getting ready to say that. That was the second thing. <laughs> it's the, it's the bacon first and the McRib. We got a group. We got a. We got, we got a Corona uh, a poker group chat. And he would let us know. He would notify you, letting you know that the McRib is back. I'm like, it's little- late this year. That's the thing. It's late. It usually is out like right now, and they haven't yeah. they haven't released it yet. So he must be concerned. <laughs> he should uh, be giving a call to find out. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely will. Definitely will. All right. Um, I got one more. Like I said short segment. I just got to do a couple of sponsor reads, and then we'll we'll get into that, and uh, we'll get you out. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. So I want to mention JRE Tobacco Company. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars, Cuba is a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamistran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to scar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farms has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now, with Jerry Tobacco, who and his Husto bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Classic. Uh, these represent that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. The available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco. I'll see tasted in every drawer. I want to mention Tailored Smoke, located in the heart of downtown Charlotte's Epicenter and now outside the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina. Tailored Smoke is your one-stop shop for a tailored smoking experience. And we want to mention Corona Cigar Company. Corona Cigar Company, they take pride in the fact that they're cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have many special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous cigar makers such as Avo, Drew Estate, Aganorsa Leaf, 
Perdomo, and many more. And of course, they carry Howard G cigars. They have the best selection, the best customer service, and money-saving discount cigar prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes magazine says Corona Cigar Company is best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five cigar internet retail by Smoke Magazine. And Cigar Aficionado wrote, it's a Corona Cigar Company, the largest best stock shop in America. Place an order online at their website or visit one of their four central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And this segment is called the Alec Bradley Live True segment sponsored by Alec Bradley. Do you really want to hear about another cigar that talks about fillers and binders and wrappers and aging and ratings? Blah, blah, blah. How about this? You pick up an Alec Bradley cigar, smoke it, enjoy it, spend an hour with it, and you'll be one happy camper. Learn more at alecbradley.com. So, Howard, these are some uh, random questions. Um, only one is related to cigars. Um, so I have one question and then related to cigars, but most, most of them are not. And I mentioned uh, I have a couple of cowboy questions in there for you tonight. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is going to be the one that I'm going to put you on the spot with. Okay. I have three things related to the Dallas Cowboys. And one of them has to go away forever. Right. Like you, you have to just part with it. Right. I'm making right. you part with it, but you keep the other two. Here are the three things. The star on the helmet. The hole in the roof at AT&T Stadium. Or the Cowboys Ring of Honor? Which one has to go away? Get rid of the hole in the roof. 100%. Okay. I, I was hoping that would that's be the, it. It's kind of an easy one. We're just making a dome. Yep. Okay. All right. Good one. All right. Roger Straubach or Troy Aikman? I got to go with I gotta go back Troy Aikman. Wow. Now, okay. Only reason why is because that's the one I saw my yeah. two eyes. Yep. I was born in 83. So, oh, wow. See, I, I'm actually old enough to remember Roger playing. Yeah, I've and never I, seen him. I, everything I saw with Roger, um, I tell people this. I say, I did a lot of history in school, right? That was a part of a one of the curriculums. I said, but I always rank things off of what I've seen with my own eyes. And so if I had to go with those two, I saw three, three um, Super Bowls with Troy Aikman at the helm. So I have to go with Troy Aikman. My my growing up cowboy quarterback was Danny White. Danny White. Oh, Danny White. Okay. But I, mean, I I got I mean I was in high school when Troy Aikman was there, so it's, I mean it's not that gotcha. bad. But I, I was growing I grew up Danny White in okay. Tony Dorsett. So so yeah, Danny White was uh he had some pretty he was actually pretty good. He used to punt. That was the yeah. other thing. It was Danny White was also the punter on those, yeah. on those teams, which you know that was a, that's a rarity. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, a quarterback playing another position. I, I don't think there's been another one that I can remember other than maybe Cordell Stewart kind of doing some stuff. Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Of the Steelers. So. All right. So you picked so you picked uh, Troy. Um, can't ar can't argue that. Can't argue that if you've seen that. That's uh, certainly the, the deal. All right. A film a movie that you can watch over and over again. A film. Or a movie. You can pick one, anyone. Or several, whatever you want. That I can watch over and over and over. I'll pick a football movie. Give me the uh, uh the remember the Titans. Great movie. Go. Great movie. Yep. Good movie. Good movie. I, I there's a movie I, I watch. It's a it's an older movie. Uh, Warren Beatty, Heaven Can Wait. It's a pretty good movie, actually. 
Yes, that is a good movie. He played for the Rams. Yeah, he was playing for the Rams. Uh, and when that came out, the Rams were actually a pretty decent team back then. They That's the year they had gone to the Super Bowl, losing to the Steelers. Yeah. All right. A pet that you would like to own besides a dog or cat? A tiger. Well, that's the first time we got that answer. <laughs> Mike Tyson there. That's yeah. where I got it from. <laughs> yeah, good one. Uh... A country in the world you'd like to visit that you haven't been to? Right now, I would say Europe. I haven't been to Europe yet. Yeah, you got to go. Yeah, you got to go. I, I've been, I actually have gone to four countries in Europe, or five. It's, uh, yeah, definitely, if you ever get, definitely go. I've been to, I've been to, I've been to um, Hong Kong, you know, China, Hong Kong, Vietnam, over that way, and I've been to uh, London, but I haven't been to well, no, London is actually Europe, but yeah, I mean, we haven't been to the you haven't been to the mainland Europe, the main, yeah. the main the main area. It was more for business purposes, but I wanted like to be able to go to be like to sightsee and things like that, and you know, take my fiance that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, Howard, I when I was in London four years ago, I was there uh, when the uh, Jaguars were playing the Eagles, oh. and they are really into American football. Um, because I was in I was in downtown London the day before the game, and, and you know, it was it just a lot of the locals are wearing jerseys, and they they love their NFL. I mean, it was I was really surprised about that. Cause I was in a couple of cigar shops, and they're wearing jerseys, you know, in anticipation of the game. More Jaguars people than than Eagles, actually. I saw. That's what I'm getting ready to say. When you if you look at it, the Jaguars have a lot of fans because the Jaguars been the team that's been going there the most. Yeah. Because you could, they couldn't sell out the home games, yeah. and so they start shipping them over there first. But I, I, I set my alarm when I know they have a London game, you know, to for for night. Well, our time here, uh, Eastern uh, nine. I set it for nine nine o'clock to to watch that game at nine thirty. That's how I watch your your Giants beat the Packers. Oh yeah, it was it was. I was like, wow, this is the way I'm going to start my Sunday off. Seeing this, this was a hell of an upset. But yeah. London, yeah. I, I enjoy London. I enjoy it. I yeah, it's a great city. And Aaron, you guys, I guess, used to the uh, 10 o'clock starts for football out there. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, kinda, that's, the, that's the normal day. Yeah. For it's, us, so. it's weird. It's kind of weird when you're watching a 9 30 football game. Um, yeah. And then when well, my son worked in retail and they had these games on, and like they don't open the shops on Sunday till noon. Yeah. And he loved it, right? Because he, you know, he didn't, he's not a morning guy, but, but, then he the request started coming in to open the shop at nine for these games. Oh, yeah. he, he didn't like that too much. <laughs> I said, "You're getting paid. What, you're getting paid for people to smoke cigars." I mean, <laughs> all right, all right. Straight punch, straight cut, punch or V cut. What do you use? Uh, it depends on what I'm smoking. Okay. If I'm smoking a bigger ring gauge, a 58 or higher, I'll prefer a punch. If I'm smoking, um, um. Of 50, 56 or smaller, I use that go with a straight, and then I use a V cut on the Black Moses that are uh, box press perfectos. Oh, interesting! Interesting on the box press perfecto. So it depends on what I, I want to give you the best answer, but I want to be concise. Be, to what yeah. doing. No, so, I'm totally honest. Yeah, for them, I would go that route. <laughs> but like for instance, the, the Cameroon or the Habano, I'm or the other I tell I'm smoking now. That's going to be a straight. I just do that in a straight cut. Just a little nip off the cap. There you go. That's a there you go. 
All right, last question. If you had a reality show, what would the title be? Life with Howie. All right. <laughs> nice, nice. Perfect. All right, Howard, I uh, want to thank you very, very much for being on the show. It was a pleasure. I uh, can't wait to have you back again. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you soon, um, maybe before the trade shows, but, uh, but it has been a pleasure. Thanks uh, you know, for your time. Great job with the brand. Keep up the great work. I look forward to seeing uh, that your journeys continue. Man, thank you guys so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to be on the show. And next time, I, um, let me know next time, and I'll, I'll get um, I'll get one of the athletes on with me. So okay, yeah, we, let's do awesome, it, man. <laughs> we'll do it once the football season's over. Okay, yeah. perfect. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Howard. Take care. Be safe, and we'll yep, see you soon. Thank you. All right, take care, guys. All right, that was Howard Gomes Jr. of uh, Howard G Cigars here on the Primetime Show. Um. The game is the baseball game over. Yes, the Yankees are now down a uh, two game hole. Oh, oh, great, great. That's wonderful news. Yes, that's wonderful news. That that it, and the Saints lost. Yes, they lost. They they started coming back. I saw a little bit of that. Yeah, but uh, told Ben, told Ben that coach. <laughs> yeah, um. Actually, before we kind of get into Sopranos, um, I guess what I say is I'm not thrilled about this new Creed movie. It's not not exciting me at all. I haven't seen the previews, and I I didn't see Creed two, so I'm not kind of in in the loop on where it's at. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take saw, your word for it. I, I won't spoil it, but I think the pro- my problem is, and you'll you'll when you see it, you'll probably agree is, and I said it at the in, in Creed two because I thought they brought an end to the whole Rocky saga in two, right even before it was announced he was leaving, but there's no connection with Rocky. It seems like in this, in this new movie, it, it's a, it's a completely, it's, it's a Creed standalone movie is what it is. Yeah. And that, that might be okay. I mean, you can have spinoffs yeah. from, from different so, so, titles. Yeah. But I think part of why I, I, I was always into these Creed movies was because it was another chance to see Rocky. The Rocky yeah. I, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah. but, but we'll because that's the last movie I saw in a movie theater, just so you know, it was Creed right. 2. So, <laughs> so uh, but it's not coming out. I thought it was coming out like next month. Usually Thanksgiving it comes out. It's, it's delayed till early next year. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, for the Sopranos segment, uh, I pulled it. We haven't done this in a while. It's actually 10 episodes was the last time we did this. This is some more of the IMDb trivia points that we'll just go through tonight. Um, and there were some interesting ones I thought in here. And this first one was, I never, this first one was one I, I actually went back and it, I think it's very true. Mm-hmm. And what's in here is these are just IMDb, just some, did some random trivia things about the show. And it looks like that, that it was kind of crowdsourced and a lot of these were added in. But this one says when Tony and AJ were, are accused of lying, they both always reply with, I told you. Okay. They do. And you kind of go back. You go back and right. see some of that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that one. Uh, in season one, episode 10, which is called A Hit is a Hit, mm-hmm. Christopher says Silvio owned rock clubs in Asbury. And that's kind of the connection with um, Silvio um, being Stephen Van Zant, who mm-hmm. they got their start playing in the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. Right. Which I actually. Um, have seen Stephen Van Zant at the uh, at Asbury Park 
Uh, but I never saw Springsteen, but I actually got to see Steven Van Zandt playing when he was kind of out of the E Street band. He was doing some stuff down there. So and, and Asbury Park was it, at the time was an absolute crap hole. Mm. It, they've actually had a little bit of a, of a gentr- it's kind of regentrified. It's gotten nicer again. But um, they filmed a lot of those Asbury Park scenes with the uh, just so you know, do you remember the scenes where um, they're at the beach? Um with the whole pussy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all Asbury Park. Okay. Down there. So it uh it kind of has this like it, for a while it has in the winter it kind of has this desolate feel because everyone's yeah. out of there. But at the time it was also kind of getting run down down there. Got it. Yep. Um Max uh, Max Casella, who played a character called Benny Fazio, which we haven't really talked much about him. He originally mm-hmm. auditioned for the parts of Matt Bevelacqua. Bevelacqua and I knew I was going to bullshit that. And Jackie April Jr. And both characters only lasted one season, but Benny actually was on until the end. Yeah. Yep. It's it's interesting seeing him because he was in Doogie Hauser, if you remember that. Show, he was right? a friend in Doogie Hauser. Yeah. He was a friend in Doogie Hauser. Yeah. And you see him kind of in that more of a wholesome show. And then all of a sudden he pops up in Sopranos as like a, you know, a, as a kind of an enforcer. It's yeah. Kinda, interesting yep yep he definitely did and and i didn't put that connection for a long time yeah and then yeah that he was uh he was the friend in doogie hauser yeah and and uh just come like even his voice is completely different and everything mm-hmm. uh you know because he kind of played it with an accent which i thought was really interesting um this one i didn't know either movies started out it's a series started as a movie pitch david chase originally wanted his cre- creation to be a movie and the original scripts that he wrote were featuring production about a mobster going to a psychiatrist. Thank God. Yeah. I was, I, was, I thought God about you as soon as I saw this one. I'm like, oh, if they would have did that. Aaron would just... <laughs> <sighs> Thank God they made him put it into a series. You know, we're a year, we're a year off on many saints in Newark and unfortunately it's been kind of forgotten about. I think I'm, I'm it hasn't carried uh, yeah, the folklore. It's, you may have called <laughs> that one right. <laughs> I don't think any movies do anymore. I, I I don't know that there's any movies that hang on for a long time. I think it's over. I, I think the problem, this is what I, I think the problem is. We used to watch shows growing up on like ABC, CBS, Fox, right? And it was kind of a cheaper production. And then these cable companies and these streaming services come in and they bring like movie style production, yep. about, like which, which is it's so much better production that now it's almost like wa- these watching these series. It's almost like watching a movie. Um, I mean, I'm looking at this thing, Tulsa King coming out. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I mean, like the only one that's maybe trying to do something in a hybrid is like um, all the superhero movies where they're like creating these series of movies, but there's still, it's just, it's a poor job. Like you think if, if these guys wanted to actually create a, like a series for these superheroes, they could do an even better job, but I guess they make money, so. Yeah, yeah, I guess they do. I mean, when I remember when when the whole Empire Strikes Back thing came out, the Star Trek, Star Wars, <laughs> uh, it uh, you know, they kind of left you hanging at the end of that movie. It was like the movie really never had a closure. <laughs> so yeah, you had to wait till the next movie to come out. Now it's tough superhero- to tell a like a really well done story in an hour and a half. It just it, it, it really know. is. It really is. Um, which is I don't think you've seen that Lakers series on HBO. I have. Oh yeah. But that would have been terrible if they did an hour and a half movie on that. Yeah. Exactly. In fact, if anything, they didn't tell enough of the story in that thing, is what yeah. I thought. Um, 
And I, I know it's coming back. I just don't know if it's picking up where it left off or if it's going to the Shaq Kobe era. I thought I wasn't sure. I've heard mixed things about it. Yeah, it's we. Like, I I figured at the end it has to continue on, but I would think that there's still a lot to tell in that initial era that they started with because how they how the entire series started, right? Yeah, is with Magic at the clinic, and like you 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 only get through the first season. Like you're not even where anywhere close to where the the series started. So I would yeah. think that there's got to be more stuff. There's got to be. I mean, the whole story about. When magic gets the coach fired, it's gotta yeah. be you could probably do episodes on that thing. Right. So I'm like I I thought this series was gonna get to that point, but they only right. covered the first championship. Yeah. Um, so and I'm hoping they show the Sixers, you know, destroy the Lakers in 83 or that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm hoping because that was actually a big wake up call to the Lakers after that. They like they got really serious about like that's when they went on. Like when they lost that, they went on a tear after that. They lost to the Celtics in a really tough series, and then they they won they won a couple more titles after that. So, mm-hmm. so they really went on a tear after that. Uh, Ugats, as it's used in the show, means zero, nothing. It derives from an Italian slang "ucazzo," which meaning a dick. Similarly, Tony's boat is called Stugats, which also derives from the phrase "stokis." Stokesto Caso, meaning this dick. Mm-hmm. Ugats was always an expression we had growing up, by the way. Yeah. Like yeah. you got Ugats, like uh, they, they scored yeah. Ugats. I mean, that was a big thing. Like we, I yeah. we said that. Yeah. Uh, I think we may have talked about this one. The increasing long gap between seasons three, four, five, and six was due to the fact that series creator David Chase requested more time to prep for the production. And it was a suggestion they said uh, made by Stephen Van Dance during the season three rap party. Which I think was a pretty actually it was it was pretty good and pretty bad. There was one year we had to wait like almost two years for another Sopranos. <laughs> right. Remember, yeah. After season five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no one directed more episodes than Tim Van Patten. Twenty of the eighty-six shows for which he's received four Emmy nominations. He also shared a Writers Guild Award for a story idea for season three, episode eleven, Pine Barrens, which oddly enough he didn't direct. So that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if they just didn't want. Uh, you know, the writer to direct it just to keep it so that they weren't so invested, they might have lost sight of the production quality or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, it's an interesting thing, too. Yeah, but I mean, I, I remember Tim Van Patten's name on a lot of episodes. I mean, yeah. if you look at the credits, originally, David Chase was going to call the key character Tommy Soprano, he later changed <laughs> it to Tony. I've heard this one before. I don't think it would have the same effect. Tommy, I can see maybe as AJ's, maybe the son calling him that, but not, yeah. not, not Tony. Asked what he thought about the series. Martin Scorsese admitted that he watched a few episodes, but he couldn't get into the show claiming it was a different generation's gangster culture from what he remembered and grew up around. I can see that. I That's actually funny. have heard this from people. Yeah. Like when the show first came out, like there were people who told me like, this ain't like this ain't like how it was with the Godfather, you know? Uh, this wasn't, you know, this didn't talk about Paul Castellano, who was in the 80s. The guy was the mob guy was gunned down. I, I heard a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, I think it was def- definitely different times. You, yeah. you had the times when people didn't rat and then yeah. it became a rat fest and all that stuff. So I could see how there's a different change in that. Yeah. Yep. All right. And the last one, Tony refers to Christopher as his nephew throughout the show. However, Christopher is Carmela's second cousin from on his father's side. 
It's obviously Dickie's uh, was his father. And Christopher is Tony's first cousin once removed on his mother's side since Christopher's mother is Tony's first cousin. That was always interesting. I, I always found that they said yeah. Christopher's mother was on it. So it was kind of an interesting thing with that. Uh, it was actually a little confusing to me, I remember. But that, that was the case. Um, but it was not uncommon to call like someone who was older than you, your uncle. I mean, even right. like Terrence Riley called Manolo his uncle, even though it was a similar thing. I think they were cousins, actually. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's this week's Sopranos segment. Um, all right. We got one more segment. Uh, what I'll do is I'll do the uh, commercial reads and then we'll get right into this. Se- Aaron, this last one, just, you know, this is one I've been wanting to do for a while. And I'll kind of okay. get back on yeah. this one. Yeah. So um, let's talk uh, about J.C. Newman Cigar Company. Founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman, J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 127 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 112-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District in Tampa, Florida, known as El Rahol. At this factory known as El Rahol, J.C. Newman knows premium cigars by hand and hand-operated antique cigar machines, including hand-rolling the American. The J.C. Newman Pencil Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua, and it's where Pearl Domar, El Baton, Quorum, and Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by Tobacco Lair A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With its longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newmans founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income family in the Dominican Republic with education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars. The Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars from many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now, the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas cigars. You can try the Casa Cuevas Connecticut, Abano, and Maduro, La Mandaria, and the Patrimonial lines, as well as the Cuevas Reserva line. If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas cigars. Casa Cuevas cigars from our Casa to yours. And this is our Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust industry deliberation segment. There is no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This included seven consecutive top three appearances on the consensus, including the number one cigar of the year with the Mi Carita Tricky Traca in 2020. You could visit DTC Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. So Aaron, before we kind of get into this, um, you saw Saka this past week. Um, yes. Um, is he have, is he convinced he's not making the consensus this year or anything like that? We right? didn't talk. Uh, we didn't talk about any of his cigars actually. So, no. Yeah, it was uh, t- other other topics unrelated to his his company. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just kind of uh, consumers focused things. Right. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty easy going. Yeah, you say he wasn't grouchy either. No, not at all. He seemed to be having a great time. Uh, I remember he did one event in Charlotte. He was pretty grouchy. Once. Yeah, Cindy was there. Uh-huh. David Lafferty was there. It was like the whole whole crew wow. was there. So I got wow. to hang out with Cindy for a little while. So that was nice. Yep. Uh, I got to hang out with Dave. Um, yep. So yeah, it was it was cool to get to sit down and talk to everybody for a while. That was good. That's good to hear. Yeah. That's good to hear. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So this segment I mentioned, this was kind of inspired by a conversation that you and I had uh, in our group chat a few months ago. Um, and and I'll, I'll just give it a back. I'll give the background pretty straight out. Like Aaron and I had a very different, a difference of opinion when it came to uh, reporting on the munchies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Aaron chose to report it. I chose to not. 
risk they call me fake news i mean and all that right and um you know and you your argument was hey if you're news you should be covering this story yeah and my argument was the opposite i said well as news i have a right to choose what story i cover and what stories i don't mm-hmm. right so that's kind of where it was and, and and i i respect your opinion on that um and but it where this the inspiration came with this is on this fact of we as cigar media are asked to cover certain things sometimes. Yes. And a lot of these things I cover, I will contend are not newsworthy. Sure. Um, there is what John Carney calls it part of the daily doing business. Yeah. So, and we could certainly argue that whether I agree or not on, on the, um, munchies it's it's a newsworthy thing i'll actually say that that's mm-hmm. i don't think it falls in but i like i guess i contend there's cases that every week there's stuff i'm passing on because i don't think it's newsworthy sure so i picked like a list of 15 things and i don't think they'll take long to go through i think you and i are going to agree on most of these is, is what i'm thinking okay but um but these are things that i i see come across my email all year i get yeah. these types of things so here's the first one yeah. A new territory manager has been hired by company XYZ. So company says, I'm hiring a new sales rep for this territory. Yeah. Is that newsworthy? Uh, yes and no. Uh, not really because it's like, it's just kind of a, an announcement from the company. It's in a small area kind of a thing. But yes, it is kind of newsworthy because if consumers are consuming the news from your site, it may be pertinent to them, right? And they may not know, they may not know that this person has been hired for this company. Um, they may be looking for somebody else at the sh- at the shop. Uh, they may wonder why somebody's not coming around anymore. So it could it can be news. Um, so I think that's really kind of just up to the source. Do they want to publish that or not? So yeah, I take the imp- uh, the thing is that like we don't talk about every single employee hire. It's impossible to talk about every employee being hired. Oh, absolutely, because you don't. So- a lot of times you don't know. Yeah. Hire or fire. So. Right. So the well, project, no, there's no firing. So the approach uh, I've taken, if someone, if someone takes the time to give me the press release, yeah, I pretty much just, this, these are the ones I'll just put out more verbatim. Right. Like I don't need to write off, but there are a couple of cases where it has been newsworthy. Um, I'll give you a, a good example. I think the Nate McIntyre is a good example of one, right? Right. Nate's had some national sales roles over the years. He's been a marketing director, but when he went to Ford's, I thought that was pretty newsworthy that he was going back and, you know, into the field. Uh, no, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. It's just, you know, I think people want to know what people have gotten to know Nate over the years. I think certainly they want to know, especially if he's going to be in your local territory. So I think yeah. something like that is, is newsworthy. Yeah. All right. The second one, a territory manager has been fired. Or is, let's say the territory manager wants to explore other opportunities by company XYZ. Is that newsworthy? Uh, if they are fired, it's 100% newsworthy. Because no, only one person's ever been fired in the cigar industry, yeah, so it's a rare, a rare thing. Yeah, um, and yeah, onto onto other interests, not not so much. But yeah, yes, if they're fired, it's one hundred percent newsworthy. Yep, yep. Uh, but but most of the time, you won't get that news. Right, that that's the one you won't get. But I think <laughs> in that case, you know, especially if it's like a guy who's been in the territory, like for for many years, I think that that does become somewhat newsworthy. Um. And, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, if a guy's been working like like we had a guy in the southeast named, and, and th- named Steve Dickerson. 
And mm-hmm. he was a uh, he was with Davidoff for many years. He was a Camacho Davidoff, and then Drew Estate, and he retired. And mm-hmm. a lot of people in the Southeast really knew Steve, and you know, it was a big deal when he went to Drew Estate, and it was a big right. deal when he retired. So that one, I could see ones like that maybe becoming you know newsworthy, and and yeah, you know. But I think a lot of companies look at that as doing like doing business. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna skip. We're on that point. I'm gonna skip the question four and come back. Okay. So company XYZ has reduced its sales force by 20%. I think that's newsworthy. I think that's very newsworthy. Yeah. yeah. Because that's saying, you know, that's, you know, we've seen that LaFleur was probably a good example and Miami cigar are the examples. Yeah. Yeah. And I think certainly those are things that should be, those are, those are more extreme actions. That have been taken. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. A new national sales manager has been named by company XYZ. I would put that along with the first question. You know, um, it's probably it's probably newsworthy for consumers to know that because in many cases, a national sales manager is the sales rep for the company nationwide. So um, the person that they would be seeing. So, yeah, I can see where it would be newsworthy. Yeah, it's saying it, it. This one kind of falls in the same boat. If you're if the company's going to share it with me, um, it will be part of it. You know, uh, it will sort of be covered. Uh, you know, it was like, I remember, you know, Jack Tarano, you know, was one, for example, I don't think there was a press release on that. I think it was more me talking with him on that. And, you know, Jack's certainly a guy who was known for many years. And, uh, so yeah, it, it's, that's more of a case by case, but if, if I, if it's some small company and I skip it, I skip it, you know, it's not really a big yeah. deal, but again, I look at a lot of it is a lot of these, like these first questions are a lot of day-to-day doing business. So, all right. Here's the next one. Company XYZ is running a social media campaign where consumers can win swag and trips. And we actually just saw one. Is that newsworthy? No. That's that's a, a job of the, well, I guess, I mean, it's the job of the company to kind of make that known to their consumers. And maybe that a press release is that, and there yeah. are people that will publish that, but that, I'm not publishing that information. No, I don't. I, I, I was shocked that CA ran has been running with a couple of those lately, too. Yeah, I've seen it. I've been shocked that they've done that. I'm sure they're being paid to do that. So. Now, the problem becomes if they're a sponsor. Like, usually I'm really careful. Like, I have a like a platform where I can mention it on a show or something like that. Right. But usually, you know, I would hope the company has a like, like EP Carrillo has a place. They have a home where they've set up this contest you know so you know they you know you can always point to that i don't i don't mm-hmm. think it, another article's newsworthy enough to do that in my opinion here's a here's an interesting one this one i've got this is a real example company xyz is running a raffle to win the opportunity to buy a cigar um we just i've seen this one come up recently yeah i mean nah, i don't think so yeah. No, no, it's not. This is at that point. This it's your job is to sell the cigar. <laughs> you know, find a way to sell the cigar. Yeah, you know, it's your yeah. job. Um, you know, if you want to buy an ad, to certainly do that. Yeah, but that's an ad at this point, in my opinion. All right. So this next, these next two are are very close lately. Company XYZ is entering into a distribution comp- uh, agreement with company ABC. Um, I 
it's not really news for consumers. It's more news for retailers. Um, so yeah. depending on who's reading your site, I guess, as to whether you see it's newsworthy. So this one I kind of think is, um, but I agree with you. It's probably more important to the retailer. But I'll say, you know, re- retailers read Cigar Coop. But I do think sometimes that consumers may want to notice. So if there's a brand they're looking for and, uh, you know, like now it's being covered by a brand that's in your shop, it certainly puts it on the radar for the consumer to try to get, you know, hey, are you going to bring this cigar in now for me? So uh, this one I kind of think is a little more newsworthy. Yeah. But this next one, company XYZ is ending its distribution agreement with company ABC. I would I would give it the same explanation. I would, except if you're a crown heads in Ace Prime, which <laughs> people can't get enough of it. <laughs> right? So I have not published any of that hearsay. You have not. You've been consistent on that. <laughs> it's uh you know, I published it, but then more and more it just keeps creeping out on that one. This one we've talked about in this segment before. Company XYZ is increasing prices. Um, yeah, that's fine. It's good. That way people could stock up if they wanted before the price increases and stuff like that. It's It's okay. So this one, I've had a lot of arguments with companies on, okay? Because a lot of companies have point blank said, we don't want you printing this, right? And my argument to them was, okay, I'm fine with that, but can you send me an updated price book or price sheet? So, and they're like, well, why? I said, well, when I, when the number one question I get asked for people is how much does this cigar retail for? That and where to buy it. I said, so can I get the updated price book with that? And I know, for example, when Nate McIntyre was with Miami, he was really good about getting those updated price books out. To right. us. So, you know, now it's now you put me in a position where I have to chase it down and or know that there was a price increase and uh, it becomes tricky that I don't have right. that. In. So I'm OK. Like if you say, hey, I don't want you. Know, I don't understand if you, you know, you might as well, you know, lots of companies in the world say they're increasing prices. Yeah. So, um, but what I noticed is as someone now covering media is I noticed now is I try to, I, I noticed that things are distributed to retailers and things are distributed to media, like in a deliberate, right. like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I see that definitely. All right. Number 10 retailer ABC is getting an exclusive cigar from company XYZ. Yes. That is newsworthy. I say I'm going to hold off on my answer. Okay. With number 11. Because I have the I have the converse of this. The announcement is company XYZ is delivering an exclusive cigar to retailer ABC. Same answer. Yes. See, I think it's I think it's no for the first case and yes for the second. But why is that? You think it's not as important because the company's not announcing it? Because a lot of times a retailer will announce stuff that's like a house cigar. It's not a brand extension. So I don't think I don't think it's really of interest to people that you, I think getting a house cigar, most places can get it. Yeah, uh, I guess. But I think you have to kind of that that might need to be determined on a case by case basis. Right. Right. So. I mean, so but a lot of times, like the problem is with when the retailer is getting it right. 
I, I mean, I'd say 75% of the retailers don't announce that they're even getting these cigars. Right. You know, there was one, there was one time, like when, when this is before I got very frustrated covering this space. I wrote to 20 retailers basically saying, Hey, got this platform. We can give us information about your cigar. You don't have to write a formal thing. We'll write the thing up for you. Just, just, and these were well-known retailers. I sent these to. Yeah. I got one response back out of the 20. Right. Like none of the other. And uh, the, um, the one that I got the response for is I think the company that owned East, the retailer that owns East Egars. Yeah. I think it was the, the, that was the one that gave me the response. Right. And that was it. No one else responded. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about the guys like Abe, you know, and Dave Garofalo, where we always gotten information. I'm talking about right. other ones here. Yeah. I was just like, and I'm like, well, there's no interest in the retail end. Companies, they, you know, it's a mixed bag. Some like I noticed like like who does it really well from the company standpoint, I think is is Juan and, and Kevin from Protobol. Right. You know, they yeah. get that information out there and uh they do a hell of a job promoting it too. Yeah. So, but if the retailer is taking the initiative to kind of make that announcement, if the retailer is taking the initiative, right? Yeah, if you the know? retailer is taking that initiative, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I think it's a, but how many retailers have you seen take that initiative? No, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. if you see Abe that rare maybe occasion one. that it happens, yeah. you should yeah. think it's news. So for but somebody then, that's but, interested in promoting themselves. But then the other point I'll make is I see very little web traffic on these, which is telling no, me. I understand that. But yeah. I, to me, I don't, I mean, I'm not, this is not a knock on you. I'm just saying this is mm-hmm. kind of no. my thought process right. is that I'm not worried about like publishing what's going to get me the clicks. I'm like, I'm thinking of, you know, what's my methodology? Am I announcing new releases? If that's the case, then a new release is a new release, whether yeah. it's going to drive two clicks or it's going to drive you know, 2 million clicks. It's that's, that's, a that's fair, the, I mean, that's a, I, I the see window in which yeah. this, you know, thing is. So that's just the way I would see it. Yeah. I, I kind of look at them like, well, people aren't reading this. Is, so the approach again, I've taken with this is as long as I get it the same day. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'll probably, like, if you're going to send it to me the next day, if you have announced it somewhere else, I'm like, well, yeah. what am I doing here? Am I yeah. giving you a free ad? I'm not interested. Yeah. Right. I mean, and we've, that's something we've had a lot of discussion on too. Yeah. Cause I think, that your point is that shouldn't just apply to retail uh, exclusives. That should apply to everybody. Uh, I, I apply that to all companies. Yeah. Yeah. You do announce basically all pretty much all announcements. Yeah. If I, if you, if I, if you're not going to send to me in a timely fashion, uh, I don't, I publish news. I don't publish olds. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, it, it's, a, it's certainly a, a fair thing um, to do. Um, so. You know, I, I understand it. And it's, it's kind of, I mean, I was just telling you about, and I'll just say like the announcement yesterday with the upper realm by warped. Right. That was the weirdest one I ever got. That right. was something that was sent to the retailers in the morning mm-hmm. that was communicated to me and then shows up in the afternoon as an official exclusive to cigar aficionado. Yeah. Right. And then this and, morning we get it. And then this morning, well, let the other let, let let the peons get it, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and it's like, you know, and the only reason why I published is I had the retail, I had the retail link to that, right? So, so because there are some retailers who actually will send me stuff, like, yeah. hey, what's this? Have you seen this before? Yep. All right. Number twelve. Company XYZ receives a score of ninety plus from a media publication. No. Hell no. I'd it, uh, it I is always have time to publish anything else if, if I publish every 90 plus score a cigar got from another yeah. media site. 
Yeah. By the way, just so you know, they stripped out in every press release that is sent to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't mention other publications. I don't, like, unless it's my publication so. yeah. or unless it's yours. I will mention <laughs> if it's developing pallets. Yeah. 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 yeah, I would do the same, but it's yeah. like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. Uh, yeah. tout a cigar aficionado score in my on my website. Sorry. No. And oh, by the way, it's like, uh, just, you know, that's maybe happened three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Now, here's a really interesting one, because this one I've gotten bugged on people to publish this. Company XYZ has a reaction to a low score given by a media publication. <laughs> and I haven't gotten this about you, by the way. Yeah. I've gotten this about Fish and I on Half Wheel, I guess. Right. Like, like, aren't you uh, going to publish something on this? No. I mean, uh, that'd be good for like that Cigar News Today website to publish those. But oh, um, that's it's not news. It's not news. <laughs> No, it's definitely not. No, that's their business. Like everyone has their business on how they score that. And that's, they're not, you know, they're not doing that to me. Yeah. So. All right. The PCA has written a letter to members of Congress. Um. Yeah, that's fine. I, I stopped. I stopped. Yeah. I stopped yeah, on that okay. one. I think it's still, uh, still if good. they, if, because unless I have an outcome, I'm not really that's how that's what they should be doing. Yeah. Well, unless it's something really a red hot topic, like right. But but yeah, most of them I've stopped and, and it's I don't I don't see any value and piece that you have they have websites to kind of put that stuff out there. But yeah. if there's something where a decision has been announced or something, yeah, that's a different story. Yeah. And the last one, retailer ABC is having a grand opening for its cigar lounge. I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that one too. I'm actually okay with that. But the problem is if it's too localized, I'm not going to do it, mm. but it's, it's gotta be something that's pretty big to do that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would agree with you. Like I, I, nobody's reached out to me that said so-and-so is opening a 500 square foot shop in who knows what town. Uh, yeah. Wyoming. Right. So but yeah, I guess they've all the ones I've published have been have been bigger ones. Yeah, um, I mean, I I do not want to publish the special events at these uh, lounges, though. You know, like uh, we're having a launch party for X Y Z cigar at you know it's not. Nah. I I when I first started out, I'm telling you, I got people reps would come in and they'd have the table, the boxes on the table. You buy five, you get a cigar free. And they they were asking me for event coverage. Yeah, I, I'm like, well, what do you want me to cover? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so it's another thing if it's a multi vendor event or something like that, like yeah. what John just did down at um, Weasel Fest. You know, that's a different story, right? Does does a Weasel Fest a national event or something like that? So yeah, great smoke. I mean, th that's a little different story, but yeah, if you're, I mean, if you're just, and I'm not knocking the rep who does that. It's just it's right. not newsworthy in my book. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, we're at the end here. All right. All right. So um programming notes. Um stay tuned to Cigar Coop what next week's show is. Yeah. But we do we do we have lined up some guests into we're starting to line up some guests into November and December. So uh we'll be announcing those soon. But I think people will be happy with some of the guests we, we have uh we have coming up on there. Mm -hmm. Um we have a jukebox show on Monday. We're doing Madonna. All right. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> <laughs> actually i just dave came up with the idea i actually said hey let's do it this week right yeah so we're doing it um so yeah um dave uh, so we're doing the madonna show next monday um and then stay tuned for next week's show announcement on coop
Yep. Um, and a lot more reviews coming. I'm, I'm going through my back all the reviews finally. So yep. uh, nice. Yep. All right. Uh, again, thanks to our audience. Uh, thanks, Aaron, as well, and of course, thanks to Howard. Uh, that's gonna wrap up primetime episode 246 into the annals of history for this. Thursday, October 20th. Now, Friday, October 21st on the East Coast. We'll catch everybody next time. Take care, everybody. See you guys.